Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Well, hello and welcome to Countryside. I'm Simon Clark. And I'm Kiri Kermood. And, well, what have we got for you today? A new chat with a new secretary of the Federation of Isle of Man Young Farmers, Hayley Crow. You uh, had a chat with her yeah. over a donut and a bun, I suppose, <laughs> as well. Yeah, she's uh, really taken the challenge of two hands and she's really getting to grips with the concert preparation now and uh, lots of future events coming up with the um, National Young Farmers Week at the end of September which they're hoping to have a Young Farmers Ball. Yeah, of course, uh, the old Young Farmers Ball would be good value, wouldn't it? And, of course, the concert, not long away now, 9th, 10th and 11th of March. Uh, we'll have details of that and, of course, in the programme as well off the uh, public speaking results as well. Uh, I went to Clebane Plantation. Do you know where Clebane is in Ramsey, Gary? No, but I believe it's above the hairpin. <laughs> you know that much. <laughs> yeah, it is above there. There's a new um, steps that go up to the top there. And uh, Wildlife Trust uh, are involved in it in conjunction uh, with what they call the uh, Ramsey Eco Conservation Work Party. Uh, they're there clearing quite a large area uh, of trees and forest area and bracken and things like that to make a, uh, a nature walks and children's activity centres and picnic tables and everything. And the views up there are absolutely spectacular. And really, uh, that project's a little bit away from opening yet, let me tell you that. But certainly the amount of work that they've done so far uh, is really commendable. It certainly brings little areas like that back to life and gives us all a great excuse to get out in the countryside. Yeah, they've been busy, busy bees. (laughs) And talking about bees... Yes, I caught up with the visiting lecturer, Roger Patterson, um, a regular to the Isle of Man now, and uh, he was giving us our winter update and um, how we should look after the bees through the winter time. Yeah. Very special to us here and our disease-free bees. Yes, touch wood. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Let's listen to Countryside then. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, you've been busy again. Uh, we're very proud of the Isle of Man bees and a lot of the people that come over um, you know, to, to do talks and everything like that with the Isle of Man beekeepers, Kiri, uh, are very passionate and enjoy coming over here, isn't it? That's right. We've had uh, Roger Patterson here from the Bibber, the Bee Improvement Association, to give another lecture to our beekeepers, especially in wintertime. It's quite difficult uh, time of year for them to forage and find what they need to keep going. But uh, he was here on Sunday and he gave a lovely lecture and I went along to hear about his winter update. What it will probably do is mean that the queens will lay eggs during the winter where probably normally they won't do so. Now, that of course produces brood. Brood is quite hungry, so what it will probably do is diminish the uh, stores that they've got, which of course is their honey or what the feeding that the beekeeper gave in the autumn. I see, so would we have to put out extra sugars and such like to try and help them through the long winter? When you say put out, please, please, please don't put anything outside for bees to come and collect because what can happen is it can start off robbing because the bees will go back and have a look to see in other colonies to see if there's any food there. Also, if you put out honey, and it happens to be foreign honey, if it's got disease spores in, then you can bring in disease into the Isle of Man that they haven't currently got. I see the Isle of Man bees are very clean. Yes, they are. Most of the pests that um, we've got elsewhere they haven't got. Their disease rate is very, very low too. When the bees go into the hive for the the winter period, do they hibernate? Will they sleep or just slow down? No, they do what's called cluster. 
the whole colony goes for the winter, the queen and the workers. The drones die off in the autumn. But what happens is they, they close down and pack very tightly together so they can keep themselves warm. Yeah. And they pack just underneath the food, so effectively they eat up onto new food all the time. And will you get anything, uh, any pests trying to get in in the wintertime? Because it's obviously quite cold for everybody, like mice and birds and such like. Mice can be a problem. If you've got a gap of more than about eight millimetres, mice can actually get in because they can sort of collapse their skulls to get in a narrow, narrow gap. So what the beekeeper's got to do is to uh, put what are called mouse guards on, on the front of the hive. Of course, they don't have that problem in the wild because they're, they're living in trees. Mice can't get up there. And woodpeckers can be a problem That's as well. Yeah. Now, I'm talking about green woodpeckers, which I didn't think you had, but now I'm told that you have actually got green woodpeckers here. Oh, wow. So, oh, so I'm told. Neat. They're the only ones that and they can knock a hole inside of a hive in, in five minutes. I've seen them do it. We've got problems, and we've got to put up woodpecker guards. Of course, what they're doing is they're after the insects inside. And in most years, they only do it um, when it's cold. So would you think a harder, colder winter would be more suited to the bees? Yes, bees survive cold winters really well. It's not cold that kills bees, it's usually damp. They can manage quite long periods of, of cold weather, but if it's damp, that seems to give them a, a massive problem. Here on the Isle of Man, you see in, in the local supermarkets, you know, honey from other parts of the world and our bees are, are clean so is it a risk for them you know to come in contact with these recycling jars out on the street you know what can people do to prevent and protect our Isle of Man bees? Well it is a possibility there are two diseases they're both bacterial diseases one is uh, spore forming the other one isn't they're both notifiable and as I understand it if a colony gets infected with either of these diseases it must be destroyed so it's destroyed by fire so it's, it's killed and then the uh, the inside of the hive burnt you've got very very low incidence of either of these diseases and i think the last time it was um, noticed from what i can understand is 30 40 years ago so a long time ago the problem is in a lot of countries in the world the incidence of these disease is very high and um, the spores can can be transmitted in honey so, of course, you get imported honey with spores in, disease spores. If somebody then puts a half-empty jar or a honey bucket or something out, then um, bees can go in, feed on it, and then take the infection back to the hive. So if you do put honey jars out, please wash them out first. But you've seen a marked improvement in the temperament in the Manx bees. Yes, one of the problems they did have was a, a bit of aggression in some of the colonies. There's a Manx Bee Improvement Group which is uh, being formed. It's only early days, but I've certainly seen improvements in the, in the temperament. It's a simple matter that most beekeepers can do. But basically, if you've got one colony that's a, a, a little bit bad-tempered, just don't raise queens from that. Raise queens from the others and requeen the bad-tempered colonies. It's quite easy, but they're in the early stages yet, and, but they're actually doing quite well. As we're forward-thinking to the spring now, Roger, you see in social media that the bees are endangered. There's a lot of uh, talk about people or public trying to help. Um, there's been chat about maybe growing garden flowers to try and help the bees. It always has been, but anything that can be grown that help pollinating insects, and it's not just bees, it's, it's, it's things like butterflies, hoverflies, and that, those sort of things as well. Anything that helps one, in general, sort of helps out some all. It's mainly the single flowers that are more attractive to um, pollinating insects than, than double flowers. Although, of course, some double flowers 
do suit uh, pollinating insects. And you were saying in your talk earlier today that trees, uh, maple trees and such like, they certainly help bees. And uh, gorse, yeah. the Manx gorse helps too. Fill my maples, I'm sure you've got those. Sycamores, which will presumably be ornamental trees. The hawthorn is good. Willow is good. Pussy willow, not weeping willow. Pussy willow is good. Fruit trees are good. Apples, pears, plums, those sort of things, they're good as well. So this is what people could grow just to you know, contribute towards the, the safe garden of yeah, the well, bees? Yeah, well, of course, things like um, uh, apple trees, you help the bees and you also get your own apples. So, this is yeah, it, yeah, it works yeah. hand in hand. That's right. That was Roger Patterson from the Bee Improvement Association. Or Bibber. Oh, Bibber. <laughs> he's, uh, doesn't mince his words, though, does he? No, no, no. He's, he's, he's very straight-talking yeah. and he knows exactly what our bees need and... And their improvement is obviously coming a long way as well. Yeah, what about the support there that he gets from the people on the Isle of Man? Are they always willing to sit and listen? Because obviously he's got the, certainly got the knowledge, even though our beekeepers, a lot of them are very knowledgeable, but um, to get it from outside and view it from a wider perspective, I suppose, is not never a bad thing, is it? Well, that's right, and we don't always appreciate what we have here, and they're, they're a very special bee that we have, and they work in, in tangent and bring them on and, and improve them, because once they were very aggressive, but now they're a lot milder temperament. But um, the disease, they can't put it out there, don't import honey and other products from around the world to try and safeguard our disease-free bees mm. and you know don't import any any bees from other parts of the world either so that message has got to be brought to the forefront every time really i know we don't want to see passports for like some bees <laughs> <as laughs> no well, <laughs> but uh, i suppose changing the subject it's not that far away from the annual young farmers concert uh, for 2017 it was a very popular event well, for the general public, maybe not for one or two politicians or, <laughs> or farmers that are in the firing line at times. But it's greatly supported. And, of course, uh, uh, a new secretary who will have a lot of work to do ahead of this year's event. That's right. I nipped along to see Hayley Crow, our new Federation of Young Farmers secretary, to see what plans they had for the forthcoming year and also to see what the preparation was for the annual Young Farmers concert. It definitely feels different to be on this side. I've never been a secretary of a club. I've been vice chairman and chairman of Central, but never a secretarial role. So it's definitely a little bit different to be organising the events rather than competing in them. But it's something that I'm looking forward to taking on the challenge with. And it's only a few weeks away from the, the big event, the Young Farmers concert. Yeah, it is. Don't wind me up about that. That's the one that I think everybody's most nervous about. But Angela, the previous secretary, she's been absolutely brilliant. She was so organised that it's been really easy to pick up everything from her and she's available if ever I need her she's just there, I can give her a call and find out different bits of information if I need to but I think at the moment I feel like I've got it under control but ask me that again in a couple of weeks time I might tell you something different <laughs> A lot of organisation obviously goes into it but one of the main things is the charity you have to pick each year It is and our Vice Chairman has picked the charity this year, Isle of Man Bowel Cancer so there'll be a retiring bucket each night to raise money for them Also the public can get involved that night with a lucky programme as well. They can, a pro- Programme's a pound and again that money goes towards our charity. If you win in the lucky programme then you get tickets for next year's concert so it's definitely worth putting a pound in for that. But there's so many young farmers taking part in this concert now, you know, it's, it's singing, dancing, acting, it's a great platform for them to get started to, to do something in the future. It is, there's quite a few members that do take part in different associations, you know, if they enjoy singing and dancing or whether they're involved in gymnastics or 
in one of the choral unions or something like that. We do have a few members and it definitely is a good platform. If you've enjoyed it, you can easily move into one of those things. But well, The Young Farmers has always been a sporty movement as well. You've now got a netball team and, and you're doing a summer series as well. Yeah, the netball team seems to be going from strength to strength. That started off a few years ago when the Young Farmers were challenged to a series by the police. We played them at netball, rugby and at hockey. And so we're going to invite them to do that again in the springtime. The police seem really excited about it and I know our netball girls are definitely excited because they, I think, got a bit of a trance in the last time, but hopefully I think they're going to be a bit more competitive this time round. But it's not on just basically on the Isle of Man. You do travel with these teams as well. It's, it's a great chance to get off the island and compete in, at national level. We did try to get a team together for the football tournament but the timing of it is just wrong for us. It's February and we weren't really aware of it. We tried to get a team together, but it was a bit short notice. But there is definitely opportunities to travel to play sport. I know I myself went a few years ago and played hockey. We went to the Northern Area and we were the winners of the Northern Area for the hockey. And the Isle of Man hosted a sports tournament a few years ago. And it'd be great if we could look into doing those sorts of things as well, because there are so many people involved in the Young Farmers movement that are involved in sport as well. It's a great way to attract new members. You know, and people really enjoy it. And towards the end of the year you have your fun Young Farmers Week. It's a national event that you're taking part in and the Isle of Man Federation are, are going to host seven events, seven days events? Well we are hopefully going to. We're, we're setting ourselves a bit of an ambitious target again with the hope of raising the profile of the Young Farmers, attracting new members rather than events for us to compete in we're hoping that we'll be able to put events on for other people to compete in, whether that might be new members, past members. We've got a few things that we're thinking of running we just need to bring all of our ideas together and see see what we can formulate for that but it should be a great week it was started last year and we're hoping to build on that this year and, and make it a brilliant week and you'll obviously have your traditional events like your you know stubs quiz stock judging you know just regular events throughout the year as well yeah we do we've got our individual public speaking competitions there's team public speaking we've got a stubs quiz coming up in the next few weeks the quizzes seem to be really popular there are some events which have dropped by the wayside for example the sheep shearing that's disappeared off the scene just the way that the membership is but we have chatted potentially about starting that up again this year somebody suggested to us that we did a 24-hour sponsored sharing event which could be brilliant for the public to work again working on the details of that whether we can work that into our program of events but that would be something that would be brilliant to bring back into the because a lot of the agricultural things seem to be dying out a lot of the members are more town folk I, sh- I suppose you could put but they can get involved they can learn and they can practice and go forward with the agricultural events as well yeah that's what we find a lot of our members they come in because they've been perhaps in the concert or they've maybe been involved in public speaking or a sporting event but we try to bring them along get them involved in stock judging there are always people on hand if it's an, an obscure event that you think you don't know anything about there will be people on on hand to give you training it's a great way to just get out into the manx countryside and experience something completely different and they can get in touch with you, Hayley, through the, the Facebook page. They can. They can contact us on Facebook, Isle of Man Young Farmers, or if they want to, they can email iomyoungfarmers at manx.net and I'll pick those up and I'll be able to answer any queries that they have. And there'll be a list of forthcoming events and such like on the, on the actual Facebook page as well. Yeah, if you have a look on our Facebook page, we try to put all the details of our events, the things that are up and coming. Each of the clubs have got their own Facebook pages as well, so you could search for Central, Eastern, Northern or Southern Young Farmers Facebook pages if you wanted to get involved specifically with a 
club or you can come through the Federation and we'll put you in touch with any types of events that you might be interested in. And the Young Farmers Concert practices, they'll just be about to get started now? Just about. There's some of the clubs have been practising since before Christmas, I think. It is starting to get really serious. Some clubs meet in December to have a chat about things. If you leave it till after Christmas, then those nine weeks between Christmas and the concert seem to just disappear in a jiffy. So I think some of the clubs are practising hard, dancing twice a week at the moment and people will be trying to find different bits of material, topical things from the last year that they can put in the concert. I know there'll be a few people that are probably feeling worried about this time of year, whether they don't do anything stupid in case they get a mention in the concert. <laughs> or you've got the other side, people really enjoying it, they feel a bit famous. <laughs> But it's not too late to get involved and actually take part in it? No, definitely not. If you really wanted to, you could contact me or one of the clubs and we could put you in touch. That's not a problem at all. That was Hayley Crow, the new secretary for the Isle of Man Federation of Young Farmers. This year, the concert is on the 9th, 10th and 11th of March and the tickets go on sale on the 11th of February, 9am from the Welcome Centre at the Sea Terminal. And while we're on the subject of uh, the Young Farmers, Kerry, I'm just going to read out the results from the public speaking, one of the events that's held by the Young Farmers Federation. And in the junior class, first place was Ellie Kane from the Central with her talk about my brother's obsession with females, which... uh, I did learn to believe was about actually the cows at the end of it all. Second place was Charlie Morrie from the Northern. Uh, Things I learned about myself at work. We'll not go into that one. And third, Percy Hampton from the Southern with his holiday to Lapland. In the senior section, first place was Southern's Rachel Kringle with her talk about social media. John Cacken from the Northern was second place, If You Could Read My Mind. And that was pretty good to get second place in his first event. And joint third was Jamie Watterson from the Eastern with my favourite season and Sam Murray from the Northern. Could I live without my mobile phone? Oh. Well, you couldn't, could you? Certainly not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, there's lots of forest regeneration and projects happened in the Manx countryside over recent times. One such project is happening above the hairpin in Ramsey in the Clebane Plantation. It's in conjunction with the Manx Wildlife Trust and it's the Ramsey Eco Conservation Work Party which are clearing an area of the forest and regenerating it for some uh, children's playing areas and also some nature trails and things like that. I went along to see how the project was going and got the full lowdown from Manx Wildlife Trust's Andre Doubledam. The fort here is an amazing feature for Clebane. Really happy with how this has gone. So this is a play fort we're standing on. It's also a brilliant viewpoint over Ramsey. And it is the start, it's the first feature in what should be the island's largest play trail. What else is planned for the area at the moment? Of course, uh, you, you've, the few of the trees have been put down and some of them are, are still laying on the ground, I presume to make paths and things out of? Yeah, so what looks like a mess below us, which were all the trees that were felled to make the play fort here, has created a clearing, and that clearing is now going to be made into a maze. And we've got people laying out the maze at the moment. And on the 12th of February, we will have people hopefully coming up and planting trees to create the maze properly. There's something about mazes, isn't there? Particularly with kids, uh, they're not phased by getting lost in the middle of it and 
you know, it, it won't be a massive one, I won't suppose, is it? No, it's not huge, yeah. but it, as you say, there are a lot of fun. And you just run around and run around, and the idea is to get lost. And there's very few types of recreation where the whole idea is to get completely lost. It's fun. How did this particular area get chosen or how did, how did this project get underway Andrew? I mean it's come from lots of directions first of all is the Manx Wildlife Trust's Ramsey Forest project where part of it is we want to turn conifer plantations particularly ones that are not quite so commercially useful into places that are useful for the economy for people and for wildlife and this does all three so this is part of what would be called green infrastructure for Ramsey. So you can promote Ramsey, promote the whole of the Isle of Man by having features like this. It's great for the people of Ramsey, keeps them fit, mentally well balanced and happy. And it's great for nature. So all the hedges that we're planting here, the hazel hedges, they will have loads of nesting birds. There will be wildflowers everywhere. There's people at the moment that are planting wildflowers all around the edges. And underneath the conifer trees, there was not a single wildflower. So a brilliant sort of um, change around for the land use here. When we look from this fort that we got uh, over to the sea, you can just about hear an odd car going starting to go up the mountain road, but the view is absolutely crystal clear and terrific, isn't it? It's just, you would never, I suppose, have, have known to come up to this place and look out over here if, if this, pro like, so this project hadn't got underway. I think this was appreciated by dog walkers. I don't think it was widely appreciated outside. I think Clubane is massively underused. It's about the only plantation that is on the edge of a town or village on the Isle of Man. So it's got a huge potential. People can just walk up from the town come up here for virtually a day out which mm. i think will be an amazing resource for ramsey what else is planned you've got the the fort here and the, the kids will fit yeah. up there so it's um probably going to take about three or four years to complete the whole thing this fort and maze are the first bits and then after that we want to put a, a massive obstacle course it's sort of halfway obstacle course come assault course to really tire people out. If you want children to fall asleep at early for a bit of an I early hear, night yourself. I can, hear, I can hear the listeners going, this <laughs> yeah, is a yeah, great yeah. project. Yeah. So yeah, this is, um, if you want to tire children out, this the assault course will be brilliant. And hopefully we'll put in for funding and things for that this year. Could be finished by the end of this year. After that, we want to put in a fantasy play village with carved trolls and mock log cabins and little mock gardens. Just a place for people to sort of make believe in so for children to to play in a sort of slightly more relaxed way and then down below closer to the hairpin we want to really target that for much younger children tots and make play equipment that's really chunky and safe chunky so tots can play in it without recourse to adults so they don't have to hold an adult's hand to go across balance beams and jump from log to log they can explore for themselves and it's all about child-led play so what we do understand is that children who make their own rules in playing it's so much more valuable for their development than when you have adult-led play or rule-led play and so that's exactly what we're trying to do here just create an environment for children to make their own rules and do their own thing. Access, I suppose, for prams and things, for the hardy. Yeah. It's a real problem, and that is one of the things we're going to have to tackle next. So to be able to get from the hairpin to what will be the tots areas, we're going to have to put in much, much better access. And that's one of the things we'll be working on in the next few months. And it will require 
quite a lot of work to actually get better access. We won't be able to get to all ability access because I think the inclines are too much for things like wheelchairs, but we'll be able to get buggies and push chairs up on a fairly good incline, so it won't be too difficult. We'll be able to make it fairly inclusive. There's several ways up though, isn't there? Uh, not just the hairpin, I think, from the Clubane side and probably from Crosshicks Lane end as oh, well. Oh yes, probably, yeah, yeah. yeah there's, I mean, for those the, northerners who know. For those people who want to discover Clubane, it's actually, there's a really good network of paths up here, paths and trails, and we'll actually make more of them to make it into a bit of a warren so every time people come and visit, it's slightly different. They take a different route. And this is the whole thing is, it's not to bring people up once, it's to bring people up again and again and again. Children who have not got the habit of just going for walks and recreation by the time they're 12 years old will probably go into adulthood without that habit and tradition. We want to grab them before 12 and make it seem so exciting that when they become adults, they take their children out to play in the countryside again. That's the whole goal. Well, that's a great aim. And work party today, they're helping out. Uh, just tell us what they're up to today. We've got a couple of people there planting some wildflowers. They're planting in bilberries and wild garlic. So two things, really sensory things for the smells and the tastes. Mm. Also, lots of other wildflowers going in, ferns, grasses, everything that will make this place feel alive and full of wildlife. We've got a lot of the other teams they're building in steps. So this is a maze, unlike a lot of mazes. Unfortunately, Clubane Palm Plantation, we couldn't order it flat. <laughs> so it's a maze with a lot of steps in it. Hopefully that'll make it more exciting. So we've got teams putting in steps, clearing paths. We have to clear the paths properly so that when we come to plant the trees in a fortnight's time, in, on the 12th of February, people will know where to plant the trees and where not to. So we don't want people planting trees where the paths are. <laughs> <laughs> on the 12th of February, you say the tree planting. Are you looking for volunteers to come and help with that? We're looking for everyone. People that will come along just to plant one tree, plant 10 trees, plant 50 trees from all ages. We just want people to come up and have a good time to experience the place and to see it develop. Because at the moment, it looks like a bomb's hit the place. It looks an absolutely abominable mess at the moment. And to see it at this stage and then to come back in two or three years' time when it will just look amazing, it will look like a nature reserve. It would be great for people to join in that story. You've had this dream, I suppose, and the picture in your mind, how it would look. Is it sort of living up to your expectations so far? Absolutely. I mean, I can imagine this bombsite as a beautiful, beautiful area. I think that's because I've probably worked here too long now. <laughs> but we've got other areas that we're creating a lot of mess, but I can really picture it. There's a lovely area just about 200 yards away where there's a spring that's just bubbling straight out the ground through some rocks. And it's just a beautiful spot. And Clubane's got so much to offer that most people would never, ever notice. Little waterfalls kind of hidden out in the middle of nowhere. And what we'll do is we'll be able to take a lot of people into those areas. Because normally when you're walking a dog, you don't go off the path and you don't see the most interesting parts of this place. And there's some really lovely bits. People, if they want to help. So we have work parties here every fortnight. Find us on Facebook, the Manx Wildlife Trust. And we'll put out regular publicity as well. But work parties every fortnight for people who want to join in. It's mostly going to be things like step building, putting in benches, putting in paths, planting trees, planting wildflowers. We'll just keep going. As I say, for, it'll take three or four years probably for this project to be done for us to finally say we have got the best, biggest play trail on the island. 
and I think it will be. Manx Wildlife Trust's Andre Doubledam, who's the project manager at the uh, Ramsey Eco Conservation Work Party, which I mean held uh, on the Sundays to clear that area of forest into a well, a wonderful uh, area for young and old alike. Do you spend much time in the forest areas of the Isle of Man? No, not really, but we tend to get into aracy plantations sometimes when the cows go for a wander. But uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, the mountain bikers, you see them out there regularly. But they're beautiful places in the spring and you know into May when the bluebells all come out. And I think this will be a great place to go in Ramsey at the Hairpin. The view from up there when it's when it's finished will be spectacular. It really is a, a nice place and something different. And But no, it'll be lovely for children to, to have the opportunity to go on the nature trails and, and enjoy these sites. You know, we have some spectacular views here on the Isle of Man and this just another one that gets us out of the house and into the countryside. Yeah, and I suppose saves paying the forestry board to get them all down <laughs> to, doesn't it? But no, it's great that they're using the, the these areas, you know, that um, I suppose they, we're not bad, I suppose we're blessed that we've got quite a bit of acreage of plantation on the Isle of Man and that uh, they're using it wisely. Yeah. Uh, and and in a conservation um, sense as well isn't it because they're doing it all properly they're um, skimming the the things off the trees to use as shavings you know for the footpaths and things like that so a lot of it is quite self-sufficient it's as well but products. really are putting some good uh, hard toil in up there and i'll take my hat off to them and my wig <laughs> <laughs> manx radio's countryside is brought to you by nfu mutual well it would all link together beautifully in this week's countryside in the real world, Kiri, wouldn't it? Young farmers helping out with the uh, conservation group at the Clavain Plantation, uh, eating honey sandwiches. <laughs> wouldn't it just? Yeah, it would all link together nicely. Um, next week, we'll be back with more. You wouldn't know what we're going to find in next week's countryside programme. So until then, from me, Simon Clark. And me, Kerry Kermode. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shore.com. Love being sure. Terms and conditions apply.